Double Dribble Podcast brought to you by the DS Walk Show and Deep Voice Radio is coming at you in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, DS Walk. And thank you, everybody, for listening, tuning in. Yeah, thank you for all the views and the support. Appreciate you. And joining me today, what I call this is more like a reunion podcast because I got two of my favorite brothers from different mothers. I'm the good looking one. Um, we worked together for a long time at Dallas Sports Fanatics. Big shout out to Dallas Sports Fanatics and Michael Hart doing great things over there. And these are my brothers. We used to do a podcast together. We talk about basketball. Abe hated football, but we talk about it just to piss them off. Baseball. Baseball. Oh, baseball. Yeah, yeah favorite ba- sport. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah, I forgot about baseball. Baseball. And, you know, so I got my two brothers here. We're going to talk about some basketball, talk about their favorite and ex-favorite team, the Dallas Mavericks, the NBA Finals, Kevin Durant. Remember, that's not my ex-favorite team. I'm a Mavericks fan through thick and thin. Oh, remember, favorite, ex-favorite. There's a name for that, uh, T. It's called uh, Cowboy Syndrome. Hey, you know what? I stick through them also. Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna talk about and we're gonna talk about little Kyrie and KD and the NBA offseason. So let's get it started, fellas. So I don't know about you guys, but I kind of think the the NBA playoffs were kind of entertained this year. I enjoy watching it. I was surprised by a few teams who made some good strides. I know A gonna hate this, but the Mavericks looked pretty good with or without Luca. They Defy all my expectations. They almost got to the finals. They did okay. Lucas stand out. Uh, Jalen Bronson did his thing and got paid a dip. So this floor is open for one of you guys. Let's start with, hey, hey, what you think, man? Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. I think it was one of the worst playoffs in like 10 years. Uh, Not- I, think, I think if you check it, like the average uh, – the difference in sport and points per game, like per um, per series, was almost like twelve. Yes, yeah. All these like there was blowouts left and right, even in like um, the Sun series with the Mavericks. Not just the Mavericks; I mean the whole playoffs. If you look at the Golden State versus Boston. Most of those games, I think only one was within ten points, um, and the Mavericks were like fifteen point average difference with them, Mavericks and Phoenix. Um, so basically, what it comes down to is whatever team's making threes that night. So like there was there was very few games where you just like thought they were really tight, really close. Uh didn't uh Memphis blow out Golden State by 55. Yeah, I mean it's just it was a bad product. It was a really bad product overall. There was no it was just basically one team blows it out, next team blows out. Um, and it's crazy because we had amazing basketball in the bubble. That was some of the best basketball we've had in the bubble playoffs, and then just to have all these just I don't know if it's lack of defense or if it's just all teams are relying on a three ball or, or what it is, but it, there was just no urgency. Teams were down 10, 15. Oh, well, there's the next one. Uh, it just didn't feel like there was teams were really fighting 
to the fourth quarter. Like it just felt like, oh, we lost one. All right, we get the next one. All right, we get the next one. Even when you when you when the Mavs beat Golden State, and what was that game four? Right. Yes. Four game swept. Right. They should have got swept. Um, end of third quarter, early fourth quarter, I felt like Golden State kind of let the foot off the gas. Like, eh, and eh, let's get this one up. Let's let's take it back home and win it at home. And just so you know, every playoff game, I think I saw the deal of the Golden State for that one playoff game back home to eliminate the Mavericks. They estimated they made another ten million dollars as a team yeah. with concessions, tickets, jersey sales, and all that stuff. So it ain't a bad business move either to maximize all these games. No, um, there's too many game sixes, too many game sevens. They're not special anymore. Um, it feels like everything's drawn out. You know, uh, I don't like sweeps either, but these these series weren't close. And even the the Mavericks game seven against the Suns. And I know you guys are probably gonna say the Mavericks dismantled the Suns and made them look stupid. I don't know what happened. That something, there was something that was not a basketball game. Uh, I don't know if that was severe cracking under pressure, uh, choking. Um, someone was sick or injured, but I've just never seen a team not show up. I, I just, it just felt odd. Like, and I don't even think you would give a, a victory to the Mavs in the sense that they won. It really felt like Phoenix beat themselves to whatever reason. Um, so, and other than that game seven, the Mavs never really looked head and shoulders above Phoenix by any means. So it just, it just as far as all the playoffs, and you got, you can talk about this T and, and, and Deshaun if you want, but I didn't think it was a good product this year. And in fact, I think I saw the numbers before the game, the last game in Boston and Golden State. It was one of the lowest viewed uh, finals in like the last 10 years. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with it's just not competitive. It's not competitive. Go ahead, Tay. Um. <laughs> These playoffs were interesting, to say the least. Uh, it brought up some good points. When it comes to, um, you know, the games going itself, I mean, we, we there were some good games throughout the playoffs. I know you're going to have that, it being, you know, a two-and-a-half-month product. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we learned some things about some teams. Uh, you know, let's take a look at the Phoenix Suns. 64-win team, uh, went up 2-0 on the Mavericks. And then in those final, um, you know, games that they played where Dallas came back and ultimately won the series in seven, Phoenix looked like a different team. Uh, Dallas made some adjustments. And, you know, to Abe's point, Phoenix looks like they had some internal issues. Um, I don't know, you know, it was sickness or a contract. I think Devin Booker um, is a phenomenal talent. I don't know if he is mature as a leader yet I think Chris Paul showed a little bit of age and I've always been a big Chris Paul fan I think he's a phenomenal future Hall of Famer of course uh, but I think that he showed some age definitely later in that series and it's not really shocking if you think about it since the COVID bubble um, nothing has really been the same this was the first normal year since pre-COVID and it still wasn't normal it was close to normal but it wasn't normal um i think for some of the older players i think the prolonging of the season might have been worse for them um it, it, it you know fatigue age mileage on the body and because chris paul those final uh, five games he looked totally different than the first two games it was like watching a totally different person it's Chris Paul and Cliff Paul. Remember the old State Farm commercials? That's what we were watching. Um, I think part of the finals, um, you know, ratings being a little bit lower, 
um, I think part of that has to do with, and we kind of see this sometimes with dynasties, particularly in the NBA, particularly in the NHL, even in MLB, maybe not so much football because it's such a one game, you know, win or go home. But I think there might be a little Golden State fatigue. Um, you know, Golden State has been a dynasty. I think this might have been their most interesting championship simply because of what they went through. Clay having the injuries, KD leaving, uh, 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 Steph even having some injuries throughout. They kind of had to rebuild, bring in different type of guys to fill certain roles. Uh, this might have been their most interesting championship. But dynasty, sometimes it's like, OK, well, the, you know, Boston made it interesting the first three games. But I think when Golden State won game four, in Boston, we knew Doggo well, Boston didn't have a chance. Jason Tatum, a lot of people believe was playing there. He didn't play that well in the finals, but he had a pretty good playoff, but he didn't play that well, you know, throughout the finals. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, A brought up a lot of the, the blowouts and I get that, you know, people- A lot, tune out. A lot of blowouts. No, no, of course, people, people tune out, you know, after blowouts, but, I, I do think, you know, you brought up the Suns and the Mavs. I think that was a mixture of two things. Sure, the Suns, you know, had their internal issues. But I think with the Mavericks, we learned a little bit about what they want to be in terms of mental toughness. Because some of these Mavs teams of the past, they wouldn't have come back from 3-2. Uh, they wouldn't have blown Phoenix out in Game 7 despite the internal issues. Uh, I, you know, you said you hadn't brought that up before, though. I mean, and I'm sure we can. I know sometimes in sports we have short-term memories. The, the only time in Mavs history I can recall anything being remotely like that was the Mother's Day Massacre of 2011 when the Mavericks swept the Lakers. I mean, everybody kind of expected the Mavericks to win the series at that point. I don't think we saw a 36-point, whatever it was, uh, you know, and the Lakers just totally were done. But that's the only thing I can remotely relate it to. Uh, but I, I think Dallas, particularly Luka Doncic, uh, even, I know Jalen's gone, I, uh, uh, you know, Maxi Kleber, uh, Reggie Bullock, all these guys, I think they showed that despite their flaws as a team, they don't go down without a fight. And that's something that mentally you learn over time. So, yeah, I, I agree. I know. A made some very good points there. Um, it seems like every, almost every game and every round, every other game, it was a blowout game. They won the 55 like Memphis did at Golden State, but, you know, you get the 20s, the high 20s, low 20s, and maybe the 15, 18 range blowout games. Yeah, you know, those are, people going to tune those out because they they're not going to watch it. They don't want to see it because it's not entertaining anymore. You know, they, at that point, you know the game is over. But the, here's my thing, what I say about the product is that it's a wing league and, and every player now, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because you know, hey, Seth Curry changed the game. Everybody want to shoot three-point shots. Everybody want to come down and shoot a J. It's, it's really, it's no flow in the offense like it used to be. And, and most teams now, especially in the playoff, there was only two teams that played man defense, Memphis and Boston. Everybody's playing zone. So everybody knows how you beat the zone. Well, you got to shoot. You got to shoot a jump shot. They came and shoot a jump. Nobody, nobody in the league right now, especially these young players, they came shoot a jump shot. They can't make them on a consistent basis. Unless you're, again, the Splash Brothers, then that's different. 
because you no, know, they're the best shooting backcourt in bad history. They can make those shots. But I'm not gonna, I don't want to take away from say the whole playoffs of the finals are back because the entertainment value is pretty good. I mean, Draymond Green getting booed and getting called a bunch of names in Boston. I like that. That was great. He deserved it. So that's, but, the, that's the basketball. I mean, I'm sorry. That's the baseball lover in you thinking that it's good because that has nothing to do with the sport, right? You're getting right. caught up in all the drama. And what's funny is the NBA really isn't about basketball. It's about this drama that they try to create, about the storylines they try to create, which is a shame because we've gotten so far from basketball that now the product is not good. So they have to use what you're talking about to sell viewership. Yeah, so – it's not the yeah. product's not there. No, yeah. So it the difference between basketball and, and you guys agree with me with this, you know, the difference between basketball in the early 2000s or the 90s compared now is that it's all about branding. Every player's out there promoting their brand. I mean, you got again Draymond Green coming out here and say, Hey, this is the new media. This is no you're gonna get everything fast for 24 hours. This is the new media, this is how we do things now. And, and, and it's not really, you know, everybody, you know, is into that. It just, I don't know. I, I hear you saying, but I think it was, it's the NBA has a bad product. It's bad. I think they know yeah, it. it is. Fans know it. And we saw that a little bit in the Olympics when the U.S. team went over there and they were getting beat. They were getting challenged because they were going in there and you had Dame and other guys running, running to the hole and just throwing themselves and not getting a call on other international players. Like, what's wrong with you? Because they weren't calling yeah. those fouls. They're not. That's not basketball fouls, right? No, it's, it's it not. Took the U.S. players a while to adjust to real basketball regulations, you know, and real the real game. And you saw that transition to the NBA, right? They stopped those little ticky tack fouls, with the exception of Harden and Embiid, which is a whole other conspiracy. Um, but even Luca's not getting his calls. Dame wasn't getting his calls. You know, and, and that affected Luca. Either Luca's hurt. He's fat. I mean, he is fat, or he, something's wrong because he lost his step. He used to blow by guys significantly, you know, easy. But you saw in the playoffs in the season, he wasn't getting by guys. And I think a lot of it has to do is people weren't, are allowed to touch him. People are allowed to bump him. And he's not, they're not afraid to get those calls. So now he has to play it differently. So when the NBA is losing this product, so now, like you said, it's all about guys shooting threes. Yeah. You talk about Golden State. I don't think Golden State has anything to do with it. Because Golden State doesn't doesn't really run five out like the other teams do. No, they don't. And look, Golden State will go. Cut. They have all kinds of off-ball movement. So as soon as uh, someone catches the ball, Looney goes instead of pin-down screen. Like, people move. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I think what – and, Deshaun, I know you can speak for yourself, but I think we're talking about the Golden State revolutionized shooting in the NBA to normalize it. Yeah. Obviously, teams are going to expand and grow on it. And Golden State does play a certain type of way. They can – you know, uh, you know, throw different ways and options at you. But when we think about like when the average person thinks about uh, uh, the revolutionized shooting in the NBA, we think Stephen Clay. Yeah. Those are the two yeah. people who automatically come to mind. Yeah. And, and look, yeah, go stay run. They run out of motion screens because they look, they by the only team in the playoffs who actually don't mind taking two point shots to get into the hole. If they're not, if they're not hitting the threes. But when you see, like you said, Stephen Clay, we see like, we see uh, who's I'm thinking. Um, uh, okay, uh, Jalen Brown, who I don't think is a very good three point shooter, or Tatum, he's, he's decent, but they're coming down on a fast break instead of getting the easy two, they come down and shoot a three point shot. 
I mean, that, that's terrible basketball. That, that's, yeah, that's, and, and then you got then, while, yeah, yeah, it didn't be, but but with that said, I mean, like you got all these everybody come down shooting almost half court three point shot. Then they stuff and clay, and it's not it is not entertaining. I mean, it's it's not good basketball. And we got might as well say you know that's coaching too because yeah, you shouldn't coach that. You're getting caught up in all this though because Golden State does not just catch and shoot threes. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about going. Talking about. There's other teams out here doing that, coming down, shooting threes, half court, not not going to stay, but I'm saying like, it's just bad coaching on my point. No, that when you I allow agree. players who are non-three-point shooters or decent three-point shooters coming down and just shooting threes, just jacking up for no reason. I mean, who was it? Like Boston shot 55 three-pointers in a game. Why? Are y'all scared of going to the hole? I mean, the lane is open there for you. Bad basketball. Basketball was never meant – I mean, first of all, three-point line wasn't a part of basketball, right? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. That was the original game. Um, and I think adding three-point line really revolutionized it. I think it's a good thing. But somehow, it's like we don't care about the rest of it. And we all talk about Golden State, how it revolutionized. I'd argue, honestly, the Mavericks did it first. Golden State just did it with better Bad. shooters. Because uh, at the time, the Mavs made their runs. They were setting records for the most threes in, in the leagues. And the league wasn't shooting that many threes at the time. You know, but, yeah. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, but Golden State doesn't just shoot threes. Curry is moving off that perimeter off screens. Clay is coming off of pin downs. You know, they're not just standing in the corner. Curry's not standing in the corner waiting for that ball. And that's oh, what we, we, yeah, we that's true. Do. They just stand there while one guy, Luca, Harden, Kyrie, whoever you want, just dribble, dribble, dribble. All right, here, you shoot. And that is such a simplified offense that I can teach that to a 12-year-old when it comes to basketball. That's not hard to, to decipher. Old school basketball, I get that things have changed. There were pin down. There was uh, dive cuts. You had backdoor cuts. You had all these off-ball screens, like real ball movement, real offenses, triangle, Princeton offense, uh, six-second offense. And there's no offense now. It's everyone stand there. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I'm going to force a step back, or I'm going to give it to a guy who I know everyone loves, didn't, you know, Finney Smith, um, whoever else we're knocking on the team. For the most part, not many guys are deadly catch and shoot threes. Right. No. I mean, right. It, 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 here, the the short term name for that, what you're describing is highlight basketball, because right. when when you when the shots go in, we love it. It looks great. It looks yep. great. It's pretty. But and it looks great on a highlight reel. But, um, you know, in reality, it can stall the product of, you know, better basketball. You know, a, a game that comes up to me that describes what you're saying what, what was it? I think it was game three, Mavs and Warriors, and Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleber went, both combined over 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that just stuck out. And there was, they didn't do anything to get them out of that. No. You know, it's like clearly it's not working. I know if I'm not mistaken, Reggie was great in game four, but in game three, it's like that, that was, you got it. When that's not working, you know, change it up. And sure, I, I give a lot of kudos to Jason Kidd this year for the Mavericks, but in that particular game, that was bad coaching. It, it was. Kidd ran Ooh. offenses that were complex and up-tempo, and he doesn't, like, get involved in the offense, it feels like. It feels like, yeah, I'm going to let Luca do what he wants. And if Luca's hot, like you said, it's highlight basketball. When he's making that step-back three, oh, man. But when he shoots four step-back threes in a row and he misses the rim completely – you're like, well, okay. I, I, I think Jay Kidd might be a little bit more reserved. And this is something that we were just discussing a, a little bit earlier, the business side of it. 
Luca is the Mavericks $200 million guy. When you have the keys to a $200 million car, you can kind of do whatever you want. So, you know, whether that's right, eh, but that's the business side of it. Again, yeah. NBA isn't basketball. And I think we have to remember that. Like you said, it's about, about brands, about agents. I mean, they say agents run the league more than, more than coaches and owners. Um, so I, it's tough to watch knowing that the best guys aren't going to get the shots all the time. The best guys aren't going to get the playing time. Yeah. yeah, and it's also bad when the best guys want to lead their teams, go to other teams when they got these big, huge deals. And it's kind of like, you know, man, what, where, where's, where's the loyalty now? You know what I'm saying? Like, where's, yeah, where's the loyalty to your team? And, and yeah, we're going to go there because, you know, you have Kyrie Irving and K- KD wants to leave Brooklyn. Um, you have Ben Simmons who wants to leave Philly. Now he's in Brooklyn. You had James Harden who left Houston, go to Brooklyn, didn't like either spots. Now he's in Philly. I'm just waiting for him to go to his next team. And you got all these guys on max deal, super max deal. They want to leave their teams because they don't like the fact that, you know, hey, I'm being criticized or they're not putting the right, giving the right talent around me or I can't play with my boy. I can't do what I want to do. But yeah, these guys got the keys to the organization. And when you don't win and you don't succeed, of course they're going to look at you. And when I'm talking about, I'm talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because yeah. they really destroy I'm not putting all this on them because Brooklyn is responsible. I mean, why would you give the keys to two to guys? I just, it's mind boggling. But um, yeah. It's kind of bad when you got two guys who are max players that want to leave because it can because they fail because they don't like get the finger point at them what's going on right now. It just it's, it just amazes me how back in the day when I mean that early two thousand where you got guys like Kobe Bryant who stayed loyal to his team over twenty seasons even when they was bad and he threatened to leave and they did what they the Lakers stepped up and put some players around them. He didn't go out and bang the guy. Hey, uh, you know, I don't like it here. Uh, I don't like being criticized. Well, I think this there's two things, there. two things there, like you said. So do you blame the 12-year-old for driving a car recklessly or the person who gave him the keys? Oh, right? I blame the person who blamed the keys, but I also blame also I blame Brooklyn for getting the keys to the organization. They should have never done that because they basically they changed their culture. It's not Brooklyn. It's not Brooklyn. It's not a Brooklyn thing. This is an NBA thing. And if you talk about Kobe, teams were not letting players hold themselves hostage. That was a very rare thing. Okay. Right. Now that is so normal and typical. And until teams finally wise up, and you're starting to see it little by little, that these players can't hold us hostage because it, look at look at the Rockets, man. They're going to be eight, ten years before they are anything good again. They had a they, they lost everything. They did everything around Harden and for him to, to walk. Same with the Spurs. Look, Kawhi did them. They're still real rebuilding. Hey, OKC. OKC. OKC is the one team that I am <laughs> impressed with because they 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 had to reset when when Durant and all that left, and then when Westbrook and West oh, George find a way to find talents and and all that. Um, but Westbrook got traded. 
Yeah, he got traded. Well, what, what was what they said was that they told him that they didn't want to waste his prime year, so they did him a favor and traded. No, that's, that's agent talk. That's not real. He wanted yeah. out. Yeah, talk. right. <laughs> um, so I mean, you're seeing all all like it's really resetting teams completely. Like whole franchises back, and it's gonna do the same in New Jersey. And New Jersey did this years ago when they went all out and bought a whole uh, old Celtics team and paid all those draft picks and everything. Where old Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry, to the fact where they leveraged so much of their future, the NBA changed the rule. You can't trade all your first round picks anymore. Like that's New Jersey's fault because of that. So I think the NBA is going to have to get involved because you're seeing franchises like the Rockets are just completely terrible. The Spurs, even with great coaching, I think they're going to be rebuilding for a long time. New Jersey's going to be in the same, the same boat. If and when Zion does the same thing, New Orleans, they're going to do the exact same position. Zion is Max Deal. Badness don't really care. Yeah, but he can still, but it doesn't mean anything, right? It right, it doesn't. It doesn't. I quit, you know, whatever. It doesn't. And it, the thing is, the fans don't even care. It used to be if your guy spurred your team, oh, he's dead to me. Yeah. So I had read something that, um, oh, wrong fan. I'm still <laughs> I had read something that Bradley Beal, if he doesn't like where the season, this coming season's going, he can opt out and ask for a trade. And he just got a Mac, big Max deal. I don't know how you can opt out and ask for a trade. I mean, well, my, I'm for, I mean, he can ask for a trade because, you know, Washington, I guess you can say, you know, trying to be some type of loyal to him. They kind of same way. They don't want to race his prime years, but yet the Wizards been rebuilding for the last five years and they've been trying to trade him for the last five years, but he just don't want to go. Oh, he wanted to go. That's why he didn't clearly come out early on and say, I'm coming back. He wanted to yeah. go. And I don't, think he, I don't think he liked the market. So he decided to stay. I, I, I got to jump into this conversation because I agree and disagree with both of what you guys are saying. Right. Taman is your best fence rider in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, well, look, you know. He will never be wrong, but he'll never be right. Remember that. All right. He's good. <laughs> Listen, uh, basketball is the type of sport where obviously compared to like football compared to like basketball i mean like uh, football and baseball basketball can literally you can be crippled by one or two players because the roster is so much smaller uh when you take a look at what happened in brooklyn this is simply kyrie irving kyrie irving pulled the same crap in boston he pulled the same crap in Cleveland, and he did the exact same thing in Brooklyn. I can understand why Brooklyn took a gamble on it, because Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal talent. But with that, there comes a gamble. Uh, you know, did the same thing, because I used to get roasted for saying that Kevin Durant back in the OKC days was just as much of a problem as Russell Westbrook. People are agreeing now because Kevin Durant's a phenomenal talent. He's a terrible leader. And no backside, State, man. He was never the leader. In Golden State, he was never the leader. And OKC, he got uh, a pass because it was easier to blame Westbrook. But uh, Kevin Durant never led that team. And in Brooklyn, listen, I, I don't put all of this on Kevin Durant because Kyrie didn't make a sacrifice. He didn't want to get vaccinated. He stood firm. That's going to rub people the wrong way because Kay, Kyrie Irving was the guy who put that team together. 
He's the one who say, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And then when you're like, when you can't be trusted to give your word after that, it's like, that's going to rub people the wrong way. It would rub you the wrong way. It would rub Abe the wrong way. It would rub me the wrong way. If we're all making sacrifices to do something and you're the only person being stood out. But, you know, to your point about contracts and, you know, fans not caring or whatnot. I mean, there's some truth to that because you hear a lot of the time in the NBA, and this is the leak to that, you don't have fans of teams. You have fans of players, players. you know, and they're like, I don't have a team. I, I like this guy. I, I go wherever he goes. So it's like for people like myself, Deshaun, you're a Pistons fan. Abe, despite what he says, I still consider him a bad fan. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's just a... <laughs> little disrespectful uh, um you know he it, for us it's like okay we want what's best for the team we want what's best for the team a lot of guys just want what's best for players with that said that i can understand why a player sometimes isn't always loyal because this is the flip side of it um a player a team will get rid of a player if it benefits them in a heartbeat and the truth of that is i know he's not a good player but i'll use the mavericks for example Boban loved Dallas, and everybody in the NBA loves Boban Marganovich. Bobby, we all love him, right? He loved that. He loved himself in LA. He loved himself in Philly. He did not want to leave Dallas. He was very, very Why? Because they wanted a better player. So the flip side of it, if you're going to set that notion, is you're going to have some players in the league who are going to say, "Well, you know what? I love you. We've been good to each other, but I got to do what's best for me." Just like you got to do what's best for you, you got to do what's best for me, aka Jalen Bruns. Now it's a it's a it's a flawed argument though, because when a player signs a contract with a team, right? You're signing a contract. I'm going to pay you to play for this team under this contract, with the knowing that you can be traded. Or a, you sign with a no trade con, on clause, which you could always ask for, right? Because the difference is what you're trying to say is, well, I want out too. I would be okay with that if teams were allowed to pay a player less for him not performing or paying a player like Ben Simmons, who doesn't want to play, they still got to pay him. So that's really the two way street. The, the me not honoring my contract and I want to go somewhere else. That's a, that's a, it, it really needs to be like, Hey, this is what I would prefer. Can this happen? But this like, Hey, it's the same. You guys can trade us all the time. It's not the same because they have to pay you no matter where you go, no matter how you perform, they got to pay that same contract. And you've seen players do all ding was getting paid this whole time by the Lakers until just recently, right? Yeah. That that was the contract he signed, right? right? So that's my point. So this whole, like, why well, can you just opt out because y'all trade? It's not the same because you know you can be traded. It sucks, right? Because they didn't sign you ideally to trade you, but that's a possibility. You're getting paid good money for that. And players who well, don't see, trade it. This is, this is where I disagree to a degree. And I, I'm not saying that you don't bring up a good point. But this is where I disagree to a, uh, to a degree because I'm looking at it from a player's perspective. Yes, you're signing a contract. But with that said, if you are loyal to a team and then that team consistently continues to either make mistakes, not do right, not everybody's going to be a Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki, we could easily make the argument, could have left a long time ago. Before, you know, retiring, uh, he could have went up to Mark Cuban and said, dude, we just won a championship. Why didn't you give me my team back? He could have easily done that. But there wasn't that type of guy. Right. But I can't get mad at another player 
and saying, well, that's not what I wanted. Look, simple thing. You want out of the Mavericks, right? You're tired of Luca not passing the ball, right? So you want to be traded. You want to go to Detroit, right? And now we got to trade Deshaun. Deshaun's going to trade you. So like, I want out. I know my contract's still here. I'm out. All right. If it was really about player choice, Deshaun, you're still under contract too. You could say no, but it's not. It's only about the stars. So this whole thing about player rights and stuff, it's only about the stars. The little guys who are under one year contract, veteran minimum, I provide stuff. Kawhi still gets his 60 million a year. Paul George still gets his max contract wherever he gets traded to. You know what I'm saying? So it's the little guys who are forcing these trades. Their lives are all uprooted. They don't have a say. I mean, so I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but here's the thing. So it's about you're not, but there's an added part to that, though. But there, there's an added part to that, though. Some of these younger or, you know, not so good players, they benefit from being around the stars. Think about it. No, no, they, no, they do. They do. They do. Let me just throw this out here real quick. Let's look at Gary Payton. Uh, the second, right? Just went to Portland. Gary Payton, the second. Uh, uh, you, you look at guys like that. Uh, Leandro Barbosa, Andre Godala, who barely did anything, right? He doesn't win these championships without playing long step, a long play, uh, without playing with with Clay, without playing with Draymond, without playing KD. So these guys, there's a benefit to it too because they know for a fact they're not as good as the top stars. The top stars invest so much money into choice. these top stars simply. Uh, so they can, uh, they're going to have a lot of say. If you're going to put this much, if I'm going to put uh, play this great of basketball and lead your franchise, I'm going to have some say in it. That's why we both know, we all know, guys like Luca, guys back in the day like Kobe, like Dirk, uh, like LeBron James. They have a say on who they want there because they're like, hey, you know what? If you're putting this much money in me, I have to keep the franchise. I'm going to have some say in what goes on around here. And the team is not going to do anything about it because they're benefiting from this player being there. And as long as that. they're healthy, of course. I'm going to see that change because teams are just losing too much money. Yeah. yeah. So New Jersey is completely screwed. You talked about uh, Kyrie being this, this selfish person and KD. We're kind of letting Harden off the hook because he was the worst one. Didn't even last a whole <laughs> season. Right? Fair enough. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. And Houston got screwed over that. What's hilarious is now, what's funny now, really, think about it, is I've been saying this for years. What, what the players were doing, I went out, I went out, was bad for the league, right? And it was only affecting the little guys, right, who have no say. But now it's affecting the other big stars. Now yeah. they're doing it with each other consistently, consistently. You know, I don't even care how good you are. I don't like you. I want to have my own team. And you're going to see the same thing with Embiid and Harden, guaranteed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the fan. Just like that, because both of them are so sensitive. They have the same problem. They got the same deal. Wherever Kyrie goes, it's going to be the same thing. So watch. Give it five years. You're going to see teams, coaches, GMs, owners pull the reins back. This has got out of control. We have no say in our control of players. We can't even coach players anymore. It's a bad product on the team. People aren't coming to see our games. It's just the player. I think, I think it's going to change. Give it five years. I really do. I think you're going to see that the game – get a little bit more complex as it should be. So do you, so do you guys think this is just uh, another example of the players taking the owner's money, but not necessarily don't want to play for their team. No, we're taking advantage of their relationship that they have. I, I don't, I think stars at the end of the day, 
Um, if you're a superstar, if you're a LeBron James, a Kawhi Leonard, even a Luka Doncic, you're going to make a lot of money right outside of basketball. So I don't think it's so fully think to a degree. You look at LeBron, he's been on a few different franchises, right? They want to build, quote unquote, their way. This is their way of building a championship. Look what I got Lakers right now. True, but LeBron, and I'm not disagreeing with what you just said, but what LeBron will say is we won a championship in 2020. Well, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you the counter argument. But LeBron will say we won a championship in 2020. LeBron will say, unfortunately, and that's going to be the counter argument. We can't always predict injuries. But at the end of the day, LeBron's going to say, I got a ring on every team I played on, and I did it my way. I'm not saying we can argue that. We can debate it for years. But at the end of the day, he's going to say, I got four rings. Yeah, I, I think Pat Riley might have, some, might have something to say about that. Other Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, it, to you know, when I look at the Lakers, you know, where you could have a shooter and a point guard, but you decided to go to get Russell Westbrook, and you looked at worse. I mean, you looked at terrible because he looked terrible. And, and I mean, he's not the only one. I mean, the, I mean AD, he barely played 50-some games. You had no bench. You, they just looked a terrible team. And LeBron, a lot of credit, 19 years in, he was still balling. But even he didn't look good in some games. Well, I think the thing is, you know, when we talk about the Lakers, uh, Russell Westbrook, similar to Kyrie, but in a different fashion, is you're taking a gamble. Uh, listen, Russell Westbrook's going to play basketball, but Russell Westbrook's going to do it his way, just like Kyrie decided to do business his own way in Brooklyn. You know, when you do that, you take a gamble. You're, it's either going to work out really well for you or it's going to bite you in the butt really badly. And for this instance, for the Lakers, it bit them in the butt uh, very badly. Now, I think it's fair to say, if AD and LeBron are both healthy all year, I'm not saying they're a championship team. I'm not even willing to go as far to say that they're a quality playoff team. I, obviously, they have a better record if LeBron and AD are healthy all season. That's fair to say. I think they're at least a bubble team at the minimum if LeBron and AD are, all, are healthy all year, for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, when players and teams both take a gamble like that, there's no in-between. It's one or the other. Eight. We talk about Brunson. I'm happy to talk. I got killed by Mavs. So, yeah. So, go ahead, Tay. Go ahead, Tay. Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead, Tay. Talk about. We're gonna talk about Brunson. You go ahead and take this lead on this. This is Mavs talk right here. Well, listen. I got. Is it? I got killed. I got killed on Twitter this week. Talking about Twitter, I do too, though. So it's all. Uh, I got killed on Twitter by Mavs fans this week. Yeah, you did. I think it's absolutely ridiculous how Mavs fans are treating Jalen Brunson. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think that uh, Jalen Brunson gave four very quality years. We got to see him grow each year as a basketball player. He got offered a very good opportunity and. And and would agree more than he would have been playing under Lucas Shadow. And number three, I know people from Dallas don't like it when I say this. New York is a different breed strictly when it comes to business over Dallas. Now, what I mean by that is 
I'm not talking about uh, no income tax here in the state of Texas. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about the media and marketing aspect of New York City. It is by far bigger than Dallas, and there's no debate there. And that's not a shot at the city of Dallas, Texas. That's just New York has the city, the history, the culture, the landmarks, the mark, everything you can think of. That's what New York City has. Now, some people are like, well, why would Jalen do that? The media is just going to kill him if he underperforms. That's on Jalen. Yeah. Jay-Z which is an hour and a half from New York City. He knows that people on the East Coast are brutal, that they're going to come at you. That's that's the mantra that he knows he grew up with. He knew it in Philadelphia. He, grew, he went to college in Philadelphia. That's the notion. Not saying it's right, just saying that is what it is. But the whole notion that Mavs fans, Miffles, are like, hey, Jalen, I hate you. I'm going to boo you at the AC when you come back here. Why? Oh, well, we didn't like the way he did his business practice. Okay, think about it. We're all 30. Played hard. Right. Yes, we won the one those first two games against Utah without him. Think about it. I mean, these are big, hard things to do. These are all 30. Really shocking that hmm, a 25 year old who's going to make over a hundred million dollars in the next four years is wants to play in the biggest city in media basketball wise in the world. Are we really shocked at that? Come on. I mean, I, besides that, I think one, I've, I've been saying Brunson was gone back in January, February. I've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there was no reason for him to stay. He doesn't get to run the show. Right. I mean, he's, he never gets to, to initiate the offense unless Luca's out. And when Luca's on the court, he's just stand in the corner. Right. Um, be a starter where it wasn't clearly defined if you'd be a starter next season or not. Um, so, yeah, he was definitely gone. And then, believe it or not, I don't know why I know what's talking about this. I'm trying to lay it out for people. The Mavericks front office has completely screwed the pooch. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out for you. Okay. When the Dinwiddie trade happened, that was Brunson insurance. Brunson knew that. Brunson I can't believe that. that me and Abe are talking about basketball where we're on 100% on the same page. I'm glad you said that. Breach. Awful. So they go for a guy, and Brunson's like, hey, he plays my same spot, right? And you know, okay, they're trading to let me walk. So you already know that, right? But let's, let's go even deeper. Let's go even deeper than that. We traded KP, who still averaged 20 and 10, essentially, right? For Dinwiddie, who's coming off of ACL, Bertans is garbage. Look, he's a nice guy. Once upon a time, he had some kind of potential hot hand feature. He's garbage. Way, way overpaid, right? Even if you can argue Dinwiddie's a little overpaid, right? We got rid of KP, right? To bring in Brunson insurance? Okay, that's terrible asset management. Because I want to go even deeper. Deeper, right early on and then i think the kp trade is a bad idea different story but if you want to trade kp instead of trading for brunson insurance you trade for an asset that could actually help build the team right on top of that they could have signed dinwiddie in the offseason free agent they had the ability they decided to overpay tim hardaway jr that's fine so they make several look uh should we have dinwiddie no let's keep hardaway that's what we're paying okay uh, should we resign Brunson? Uh, no, nah, I don't know. Let's just keep him as a contract. He could be a free agent. Nah, that'd be fine. Okay. Oh, look, look, Brunson's doing good. 
You know what? I'm not sure this KP thing's working. Let's get rid of KP for someone to replace Brunson in case he leaves. That's terrible asset management. You only had two assets. That was KP and Brunson. And you lost both of them for nothing. For a player you could have signed outright. And I'll be honest with you, didn't Winnie? Not a point guard. He's more of a combo guard. He really is. Yes, 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 yes. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, he did not play well in the playoffs either. Part, part of the reason. Hot games, but he, 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 I, I, go back, I go back to gambling real quick because part of this was a gamble too. Everything you just said is correct, but I'm going to add something more to it. The Mavericks did a gamble because despite whatever reason, they felt like they could make a playoff run. Not a finals run, but a playoff run. But they felt the only way that would be possible is if they were able to trade KP. And I say that because, you just hear me out. His contract was terrible and he didn't play a lot. His best of it, he get the old saying in sports, the best ability is availability. And KP wasn't consistent with that. So the Mavericks got rid of him. And like you said, got Brunson insurance, but still was able to get something for them to contribute. Who And then when he did contribute, he played well, particularly specifically at times and in the second half of the season and sometimes even in the playoffs. But he could have been played better, of course. But he was giving them more on a regular basis than what KP could bring. And it was always going to be very difficult to trade that KP contract. Yeah, but so. it... If you, so. I mean, Westbrook got traded, terrible contract. KP, we can argue. Westbrook at least is well, okay, I can argue this KP has never things, been things. KP's contract is not terrible. Maybe it's not great. You could argue it's bad. Not terrible. Terrible is Bertans. That's terrible. Okay. Well, what I what I mean by it is is that I the content of the contract you can say it can work with, but KP not playing attractive. I don't think people want to admit because the media is painting KP as a bad guy because it makes Luca the good guy. All right. And that whole relationship, it really needs to be a 50 50 thing. I think it goes more on Luca not wanting to work with him because he has the ball in his hand and he could choose to do things differently. He chose not to. And I think the team said, you know what? It is what it is. Luca wants him gone. He's traded. Had nothing to do with playoffs this year because if Luca wanted him to stay, he would have stayed. All right. Second, when they made that trade, I don't think it was for this year. They made that trade like, hey, well, maybe next offseason we can trade Dinwiddie or Hardaway or something. And the Mavericks got hot. All right. It was not, that was not the trade done to get a push this year. Go look at Tim Cato, go look at all the writers. They talked about how this was a trade for the future. And it was. They just happened to get hot. And now they're like, oh, look, that was a smart trade, right? No, you got lucky. All right. You had a lucky run. Let's be honest. You had a good run. Doesn't mean you're a good team. There's a difference. But with the KP being healthy thing, this is key. Hey, man, our goal is playoff time. All right. That's our goal. Okay. All right. Our goal is playoff time. We don't want you to play. We don't want you to push too hard. We're, we're, we're focused on playoffs. Okay. But I can play tonight. I know that, but we want you, we want you 100%. No one's 100%. Just like no one's 100% ever, right? Right. Okay, if you want you 100%. Okay, well, all right, I guess I'm not playing. Okay, you're playing, you're playing now. You're playing, Luca's out, we need you back. Okay, I'll come back, cool, cool. All right, you know what? Our goal is the playoffs. We want you to rest, take your time. So that's not fair to say he's never available because as soon as he went to the Wizards, what was it, a week later? He he's available. Now, 
He played the rest of the games. Why? Because they weren't going to go to the playoffs. So go ahead and play me. And they were tanking. So they pulled my, those minutes back. So if my point is like, hey, Taman, I want you to save up. We're going to save your arm for the playoffs. MLB, okay? I need you then. I don't need you to worry about the regular season. All right? We're going to get to the playoffs. We know that. All right? So I want you to save your best stuff for then. And that was the whole deal. So it wasn't just him not being able to play. It was the team saying, we need you when it matters. And they didn't give it a shot. Because I would argue, didn't Woody had some good time? Lucas should never have played that last game of the season. He doesn't get hurt. That was the stupidest call I've ever seen in the league, right? Luka doesn't get hurt in the Jazz series. I would argue you don't need Dinwiddie. JB does his thing. I think KP comes up big and you don't get killed on the boards against Gobert. And I think it adds another element of dynamicness where I think they get past Golden State and end up in the finals. But no one wants to talk about the hypothetical because it makes Luka look bad. Yeah, I mean, it's something it we'll never know. Bad. But I, I don't know if it's necessarily about Luka looking bad. I, 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 that's something we'll never know, obviously. But, uh, you know, number two, I think, you know, I think that's a part when of you look at KP well. history, whether it was in Dallas, in New York, the biggest criti- criticism was that he couldn't stay on the court. In Washington, he stayed on the court for two and a half months on a team doing nothing. Okay, fine. But in New York, he was supposed to be the focal point. He was never on the court. In Dallas, he was supposed to be Luca's number two. It, he 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 wasn't there. So I mean, hindsight can always be twenty twenty. But when you're looking at what you're supposed to do in that moment, and you haven't shown that you can be there, it's a, again, it goes but back to that G my word. Point I keep is, it's about. Not his call. My point is, wasn't his call. He's they've been documented many times. Carlisle came out and said, it. "We want him healthy for the playoffs. We're not playing him. We're not playing him." Kawhi did the same thing for the Spurs. On my knee, my knee's a little swollen. Oh, Kawhi's proven, though. Kawhi's proven. But my point is, you could have had a chance to prove that concept, and you, you quit way too early. I mean, that 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 might be fair, but again, when KP was asked, I mean, he was hurt in the playoffs against the Clippers. Come on, KP? In the bubble in 2020. I mean, when we're asking you no, to he be wasn't, there. And- he wasn't. No, he was healthy. No, wait, no, no, wait. You're thinking about what you're thinking about your favorite coach putting him in the corner, sitting, standing there. Well, yeah, there was that. Yeah, yeah that you're and, right, correct. And that, that's what got Carlisle finally canned, FYI. I mean, listen, the, the 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 point is, is that you know, I agree that there were internal issues, but KB's lack of ability in both New York and in Dallas, back and forth. Oh, Wizards, Wizards are my team in the East next year. I think with him, I'm so and- sorry. Ooh, he said the Wizards are going to be his team. We can put money on it right now. I think Wizards not only make the playoffs, I think KP is looking at 24 and 12 next year. But him and Rui and Bill, if Bill doesn't go full Luka Harden mode, if Bill actually runs the offense and goes Kobe when he needs to, that team is a stacked team. I'm telling you, they don't have a bunch of stars, but all their players are solid. They're all solid. But it's going to be difficult for that for that team when to the Mavs eat. went to D.C. after the trade, they whooped up on the Mavs because they wanted to. They were tanking. When a team is tanking and tanks right, they only do so much. I'm telling you, next year, they have a good offense. They got young picks. They got good players. If Beal buys in, that team, I'm telling you, I think they're a six seed. 
That's the problem. I don't think Bill's gonna buy in. What, what, what's that? What's happening? I, 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 I don't think he's gonna. I, no, I, actually, I take that back. I don't think it's about him buying in. It's gonna be about is he actually gonna pass the ball? Right. No, I agree. If he buys into that team concept, I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't think they want him there. Personally, I don't think the best of the team wants him there. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, management been trying to been tanking for five years, and they, he's the, and he don't want to leave. Like I don't know how I don't know how the Wizards got to spell like, hey, we don't want you no more. But yeah, they're gonna offer you all this money because since you don't want to leave. Yeah, it's but back to the Mavs. Um, the issue that I see they're gonna have is that you got three guys who play the same position, and they're gonna need the ball to shoot. You got Tim Hardaway coming back. You got Dinwiddie. This is a combo guard. Hardaway, combo guard. Luca, kind of like a combo guard. You got three shooters, and it's only one basketball. I don't know if any of them are really shooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say you got three guys who play the same position, and Luca's going to dominate the basketball. So I don't know how those I mean, three guys going to get their shots. Luca, Christian Wood, adds, and JaVale McGee. I'm so glad to get an athletic, real body. In the middle, I really am. Like, I mean, you, you're not going to miss Dwight Powell. <laughs> I love the guy, but uh, I think we'll <laughs> keep him. I think I'm going to make him a coach next year. I don't know what. Listen, like, listen, loves you know what? I, I have nothing but love for DP. I understand he gets criticized a lot, but I got nothing for love, but love for DP. It's not his fault. He's playing a position he's undersized for. I, you know, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Right. But let me ask you guys a question though: Is this the type of trade where they traded for Christian Woods? They could. Did this type of trade they could have made last season? They'll trade KP for Christian Woods, and Rockets would probably would have flipped I, I, KP. I don't think Houston was ready to to, to completely walk but, away from Christian Woods because I mean you know he was a a problem in Houston, and he was on the trade block since last well, season I'll, I'll say since this. that I'll, incident. I'll, I'll say this, and Abe and I talked about this, you know, uh, last week prior to the show. Um, it's a reason why Houston didn't give up a lot for him. Yeah. You know, they didn't ask for a lot in return. So that, I mean, I, I understand the, the Mavericks taking the trade because the Mavericks didn't give up a lot, but you have to wonder, I understand Houston wanting to keep a guy, but when you have chemistry issues, that's the one thing you have to be concerned about if you're the Dallas Mavericks. You didn't give up a lot. That part's great. It's one of those low risk high reward types of things, but you know, is, is he going to come here, play well, but hate the culture, hate playing with Luca, hate not being, you know, or being a bad team influencer. That is a concern that remains to be seen. Well, you got to think too, like other teams most likely didn't weren't interested because you don't trade to a in-state rival like that. Yeah, without, yeah I mean, don't like to tax, without putting a tax on it for some some way, right? And people call KP a diva. Wood is a legit diva. Oh God. Oh God. I mean, the point where he's getting into the coach left and right, players, he had issues. Did he have issues in Detroit too? And yes. all of that, he wouldn't even go in the game. He said, go in the game. He's like, uh-uh. No, I'm going to go. I mean, the only like, thing that you can hope for, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, that you can hope for, you can hope like a guy like Jason Kidd, you know, can influence him in a good way. You can hope that, uh, um, you know, uh, Sham and Jared Dudley and those guys can influence him in a good way. You can hope that even guys like Dirk in the background can influence him in the right way, because obviously we want it to work. I, theoretically, if we're speaking in a perfect system, Luca and Christian Wood together, yeah, 
absolutely. I think but it's the question is, like, is, is this system the perfect fit? I think it'll look a lot like Luke uh, DeAndre Jordan. I can agree with that. Um, the thing, this is my thing though. Luca DeAndre Jordan had some chemistry issues. I know they denied it then, but it's very clear then. There's a reason why they were ready to let go of DeAndre Jordan, and he's had chemistry issues other places as well, right? Christian, I'll, I'll so, say with this though, and no, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not like on you know, easy lobs and stuff. I, I'm not gonna, gonna be this whole little like, yeah, what? No, he's gonna get in Luca's face, and you're gonna have issues. So as long as they're winning, fine. But I'm telling you, there's gonna be a, and Wood is ahead. Beyond the high head. And listen, I, I'm not, I'm not, saying wrong. and Lucas is a bit of a, I don't, I'm not sure I go. Let, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. And, and listen, A got killed on Lucas slander. Here's the thing I have no problem with a Mavs fan, even though you're on the fence. But I, like I said, I still consider you a Mavs fan criticizing Luka Doncic. I think we need to criticize our stars. With that said, and this is where my constructive criticism goes back towards you on Luka. Um, Luka is still young and he's still learning, like learning to be a leader. I think he's gotten better. I think there are things he has to work on for sure, but is going to have to learn over time as he gets more experience in this league that, you know, the ins and outs on being a leader. And, you know, when he was a rookie with DeAndre Jordan for half a season, I'm not going to totally pin that all on him. No, I think DeAndre. He's, 19, he's I think 18, DeAndre, 19 yeah, years old. I agree. Yeah, he's 18, 19 years old. He didn't know anything. It's like, eh. And, and quite frankly, when we made the DeAndre and, you know, trade and whatnot, and later on the Harrison Bards trade, you know, we did it for KP and cap space. Mavs fans all over the world the wanted Barnes another was star. Not for KP, that was for cap space that we never used. Well, that's what I was, I was just about to get to that. I was just about to get to that. We wanted it more, but management dropped the ball. And, you know, that's, that's the hard part. Well, well, Christian Wood last season averaged 17.9. The season before, he averaged 21 points per game. And his seasons in Detroit, he averaged 13.8. So, you know the old word, the old saying, excuse me, a good player at putting up good numbers on a bad team, let's see what he does on a good team. That's actually going to play some meaningful ball game. Let's see how good he really is. No, and that's true. Good. And you want to go front office? He was on the Legends for a year or two. The Mavericks have seen him play for a long time. They could have signed him for. If I'm not mistaken, and, and Abe, correct me if I'm wrong. Good player. Christian Christian Wood, but they went a different direction. Yeah, so he was on the Legends. Right. Right. He played a handful of games back in the Dennis Smith or before Dennis Smith days when we were like just throwing bodies out there, kind of tanking. Sure. Um, they could have had him. He was an athletic big. He had a lot of potential then, and instead we went with guys who were unathletic undersized i don't know that's a different front office different office different coaching staff i don't understand that the mavericks could have had them dirt cheap a long time ago they decided to go pal and i'm so excited about the christian wood i'm happy about i'm excited about i'm not i think 50 50 you know but javel mcgee is a big sign about that right 
He's a big body. He knows how to, he can dunk it. He get a few blocks. He's a good rebounder. Not great, but he's going to rebound better than all these guys who are undersized. Like go get an athletic big, you know? So I think it's a good, a good sign to come um, with all that, but they had the front office had first dibs on wood for a long time. Yeah, they did. They had him. They had him there. I think he went to Detroit. Yeah. He was in their uh, development league for a while. Got called up. I think his first season in Detroit, he played okay. But then it's that second Thursdays where he just got better. And actually, he's the reason why the, well, one of the reasons why Andre Drummond got traded because he was ascending towards, okay, this young guy can hoop. Let's get rid of this other guy who can't do anything. And when it's time to get paid, I don't think Detroit didn't have a problem paying him. I just kind of think Troy Weaver, you know, seeing who he really was, like, yeah, go ahead, go to Houston. You can walk, and uh, we'll see you later. All right, closing arguments. Anything you got to shout out? Anything in the world of sports? Anything to keep an eye on? Bold predictions. Bold predictions for upcoming season. For the NBA? Yeah, why not? Okay, let's see. Um, Luka Doncic will win MVP this year. Hmm. Nah. That's, really? that's my prediction. That's your prediction? Yeah. And you, sticking with, and you sticking with it? I'm sticking with it. He played – listen, played great in the second half of the season. He lost 15 pounds, got in shape. Watching him in Slovenia, he's gotten in more fit. I assume – I got you being sweet and playing for Slovenia. Have y'all seen that Dirk video? Him and Dirk came out today. I did. I saw it this morning. Dirk grabbing all that chunkiness in his belly. <laughs> I, I think it's the in Slovenia. Makes I, I, yeah. I think I think he will be okay. We'll see. And remember, if I'm not mistaken, the Mavericks had the second best record in the league in all the NBA from January 1st up into the playoffs, correct? Yeah. It was, it was like Boston and Dallas. Yeah. I, I think Luca will continue to play well. I, I think Jason Kidd calling him out at the beginning of the year was very, very good for him. And he got a taste of the Western Conference Finals this year. You know, I think mentally that is going to help him in the long run. And not only did he get a taste of it, it's who he got a taste against it, the Golden State Warriors. Remember what all the pundits were saying? We're like, the best player out of both teams, plays on the Mavericks. And Luka Doncic, he played great against Phoenix. He came back uh, from the injury against Utah and played well. Uh, and then against Golden State, we clearly saw who the best player on the floor was throughout that series. It was Steph Curry. He made it be known that he's the experienced guard. He's got the chips, the rings. I'm going to show you who it is. But I think that was good for Luka. Humble yourself a little bit. I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I don't think people understand. I'm the biggest Luka fan. I was... I mean, in fact, I can show you the newspaper clip, me and my wife at the Mavericks draft party in the Dallas Morning News of us celebrating when Luka got, when the trade went down with Trey Young and Luka Doncic, right? I was excited about him. I watched him in the EuroLeague. I was telling him he was going to be all this. We're like, no, he's a white guy. I liked him when he, when, when um, we came to start the season and we had the Chinese team come down here. He schooled him. Uh, I thought he was a really good teammate. He was humble. And somehow, that shifted the last two years, and I see it. I saw it two years ago. I started talking about then. I was like, watch what's going to happen. It's going to be Harden all over again. And it's not I do I don't think he's James Harden. He's not. I mean, maybe he's not going to the strip club every night. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, 
he is the the style wise you stand there you stand there and you know what i mean it, I, listen so that that criticism i think is fair but hard is better Harden's a better shooter Harden's well i mean Harden, Harden, Harden is better to give away that free money at the strip club i i agree the style is questionable but what I mean by my humility is Jason, we all remember, what was it, late December, early January? Jason Kidd called him. That, that gives, for a young person at the time, 22 years old, to receive that kind of criticism from your head coach and you... him going to Sylvania, getting that work finals. Steph Curry, let him be known. This is still he let it be known. How Luca responds yeah. to it, obviously we won't know. We'll find out next year. But if I learned from Jason Kidd calling him out, and remember that remember when uh Steph did this to Luca in the Maverick Western Cover Finals. Luka didn't like that very much. You know what? When, listen, look, one thing we can say about Luka Doncic, and we can criticize him, but let's praise him a little bit on this. When people criticize him and call him out, he like, I'm looking at you like that. Steph Curry did like this. I'm not saying he's going to come back and win a championship. But what I'm saying is, is that he doesn't like to be called out by people. When he does, he does respond, and he usually does it in a good way. Well, I hope so, but I will say this. I thought it was funny. A lot of fans were upset that Golden State was, like, basically taunting the whole series, um, which they do. I'm not going to lie. But Luka does that to every team he plays. He taunts people like no one and just got nothing to say. So uh, – I don't hey, care. you know what? It, it happens. We we recall a time. Remember the 2014 and 2013 Golden State Warriors? Good team, but couldn't get it done. But they learned. They got better. They grew older. They built a chemistry. They're a dynasty. Luka Doncic, he's a talker. He, he, he will throw it, but he shut up when Golden State shut him up. That's fine. I don't mind that. That's, that's, that's it. Then, but we, as fans, we can't get upset. When the other team does it to us, when Luka of course, of course, no the league for talking trash to reps, to fans for no damn reason, and players. So it's just fair game. Get over yeah, it. I, and I agree. I mean, if you, it, listen, if you dish it, you got to be able to take. Totally, totally agree with that. I just think, you know, I understand Luca has a lot of expectations. I still remember he's twenty three. Now I'll be very concerned whether he's with the Mavericks or another team, whatever. If he's still doing this at 27, 28, 29, we got some issues here. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he's 23, I think that he has grown up each and every year. And for two seasons in particular, 2019, 2020, 2020, 2021, that was no normal NBA year for any of these guys. It wasn't. COVID interrupted everything. Now that you're, enter you're entering a more normal, traditional type of conditioning, a normal, uh, uh, you know, regular season and playoffs, there's no 
breaks. Hey, remember in 2020, 2021, not only was there the, the Mavericks had the COVID outbreak, they also had the snowstorm problems. It's like, let's let's get back to normalcy here. And let's see if Luca's progression is something that we can be proud of. You know, Mark Cuban don't pay for players and he don't pay for an arena, apparently, because we had, <laughs> we had backboard issues. We had rim issues. Several games, it was leaking in the arena. Like, Two games. Yeah, they got, <laughs> like, this is a, a bad look for the Mavs. But, hey, you got to cut back on costs on something. <laughs> hey, 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 it's, it, it, it's the economy. Yeah. <laughs> inflation. Okay, Boom. Yeah, he didn't fix it because of inflation. That's why. <laughs> All right, here's my, well, Okay, I got right. three bold predictions, but I'm gonna go with one. No, just pick one. We got three. I no, no. I said I got three, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna go with one. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna say one. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers will be in the NBA Finals. These aren't bold predictions, guys. These aren't bold. I mean, okay, that's bold. Okay. If right. healthy, if healthy, they will be in the finals. Sean, okay. I'm gonna tell you something real quick in a response to that. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If healthy. I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. As you guys know, I'm a Cowboys fan in football. <laughs> a lot of my friends tell me at the end of the day, the Cowboys are still going to be the Cowboys. At the end of the day, the Clippers will be the Clippers. That's not to say to that. Anyway, okay. I think, I think uh, John Wall is going to be uh, doing his Dougie in the NBA Finals. So. We, we shall see. But my bold prediction is this year, Mile Bridges wins the ship. Okay? He's going to win it in the state penitentiary finals. Watch out. I think he's going to be the leading all-star. He's going to average 50 points a game, a couple blocks. He's all the best in the world. But he has got to dominate up there. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I really am. I think what about his great. rap album? I'll say what about this, his rap I'll, album? Not, not, can, I, can I respond to that? Number one? I'm so glad you said what you said because the minute I heard Miles Bridges come out of your mouth, I was like, what is this fool about to say? And then when he said he's going to win a championship, I'm like, what? I was like, hold up. I was like, wait a minute now. now bringing up Miles Bridges' name is like if you're at a restaurant or something and then all of a sudden you hear R. Kelly music and you're like, Get that bump and grind at Burger King. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute now. Come on. Where where are you going with this? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, Miles Bridges might have the number one rap album while he's locked up. He might. He's gonna, yeah. he, he might, might. He gonna drink a lot of lean and wait now and not lock up too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's his field goal percentage on his girlfriend was close to 90%. So I'd say it was um, like 95, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's 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 going places. Hey man, uh, look, it was better than the yeah. Better than Phil Gobertsons with the Hornets. He lost that contract. I mean, just just a complete. Well, I guess I should say this. We don't. It's not. You know, it's alleged, alleged, allegedly. Um, Legal right? note. Still, still, yeah, I know. We're still waiting, <laughs> right? Um, but even with that said, I do just, just. I mean, even his rap songs talk about hitting girls and and all kinds of stuff. Like, dude, come on, man, come on, just be smarter. You know, like just. <sighs> So. I'm so, you know, as a Piston fan, I'm really happy because Dave's about to offer him the max deal until he did that. And Troy, we were just put the money back in his pocket. Like, well, I guess we'll wait till next offseason. You know, I, Deshaun and I have, have spoken in football about Deshaun Watson. You know, I've always said this, and I'll say this about Miles Bridges. I am a big believer 
and you're allowed to defend yourself and you know presumption of innocence but with that said this is really bad and if he did this which i think we all agree that he did because there's no substance to it yeah i mean you gotta pay for your crimes man you know i remember years ago on you know on, on our old network Deshaun and i were talking about ray rice and i remember ray rice's knew Ray Rice and knew his now wife and you know reportedly turned his life around I also I'm up to kill a person because if you're going to go around um you know attacking people you have a very very big problem not um you know, speaking realistically, Miles, Miles Bridges, if this is true, he needs to pay for his crime. And, and with that said, I hope that, um, you know, he can realize what he did was really wrong and turn his life around because not it, it you're not the only person who's going to be hurt. It, it's a sad tragedy all the way around. No, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a piece of crap right now. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But we'll see, right? We'll see. Uh, I think you saw, uh, is it, who's a, who's a wide receiver in the NFL? Marshall, is it Marshall? Um, Denver Nugget wide receiver? Denver Broncos? Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, thank you. Uh, he had a similar issue, right, where he had some domestic stuff. I don't think it was ever to this degree, but um, something similar. He, he kind of went completely clean. Uh, Jason Kidd even, going to go that route. Um, you know, Yeah, ago. I mean, it, it, it's like we want to see a person become a productive, good you know, member of society, but that doesn't mean that we can just, you know, I think for what like a pattern with Miles, or some other times you felt like it was like a, I don't know, but that's all another thing. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but he's gonna win this, this championship and, and stay penitentiary. Oh, so he's got it. He's got it locked down. But my real bold prediction is, I do believe as much as the Mass fans are gonna hate me for saying it because I apparently I, I hate Luca. Um, Brunson, I think, is actually going to do really well in New York. I don't think he's a superstar, but I think Barrett, Randall, um, you know, they got, they got, so who's that? Uh, Rose. I think that they need, Randall doesn't need to bring the ball up the court. Barrett is not, that's not his, his go-to, but if Brunson can hit Randall in the right position, set him upright, same with Barrett, I think their number is going to go up. I don't think Brunson's going to average 20 a game. I, I look for Brunson to average probably about 14 and nine a game with a, a, a cusp of all-star-ish next year with the Knicks. I really do. Uh, I think he's a good fit. He, he doesn't have to get all the numbers. And I think with that team, I expect New York Knicks to run a little bit more. I know Tibbs is, is not that kind of coach, but I do think that he can get Randall easy buckets. Barrett's a young guy who wants to run up and down. They got Obi Toppin on that team who's super athletic. And Reddish. Brunson that key to kind of get him to the next level. Maybe not a contender or anything like that, but get him to the next level. So just watch out. Can, can I respond to that real quick? Uh oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, New York. <laughs> I do believe that Brunson will play well in New York. Like the Clippers, Deshaun Walker. 
<laughs> At the end of the day, I've said it for seven years now since you know me, the New York Knicks are a disgrace to basketball, and they will somehow still, like the Clippers, find a way to be the New York Knicks. Hey, well, listen, remember, I think the, I think there's the an Clippers... old saying in New York. There's an old or blue. Always find a way to fail. I'm looking at you, Knicks. I'm looking at you, Islanders. I'm looking at you, Mets. I'm looking at you, Denver Broncos. And the city of New York City, something is bound to go wrong. Let's put that out there. Listen, um, again, I said when they're healthy, they'll. I think they're going to get. To, they're going to be in the finals if they're healthy. I just don't see a lot of teams in the West that plays good defense like the Clippers do. I mean, you got two of the best wing defenders on there. The Clippers are going. I'm just saying, I'm not a Clipper fan, but I'm just saying they have an opportunity to get there. Clippers to me have to prove that they are not the Clippers until I can believe in the Clippers. True, I'm just saying. But uh, you know, question for you boys: What do you think the move about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Rudy Gobert to uh, Minnesota. Um, yeah. Number one, I just want to say this as I respond to that question. Carl Anthony Towns, you are not the biggest shooting big man ever. Just wanted to let that be known. That belongs to number 41, Dirk Nowitzki. Just throwing that out there. Is he a uh, power number forward? Two and more Dirk was a power forward, big shooting man. Was no, a no, no, no. We, but, but no, but we know who Dirk is. We know, we, we know Dirk, but I'm saying, do you think that Anthony Towns is a power forward? Yes. Yeah, I do. You think so? Okay. Uh, Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota. I mean, that's a lot of money for a four and a five. Uh, I think that he will bring some productivity to them. I really like Anthony Edwards in Minnesota. Um, so, I mean, on paper, they still got, got D'Lo, right? Yeah, yeah they keep it them. On paper, I think. At the same time, man. Every team's better than the Mavericks. <laughs> at the same, at, at the same time, I feel like every team is just better. I feel like, I feel like Minnesota, and <sighs> I feel like Minnesota, similar to the team Rudy Gobert just left Utah. I wouldn't be surprised if they have all that talent and still lose in the first round. I'm not. I'm not wasting my time talking about Minnesota. I think Gobert is really unselfish. I think it will actually be, it will be a fit there, and that um, Towns will look for him down low. We could see a, a, a high-low game, and I would love to see some basketball. That's not just a – By the way, are you, are you are you an Anthony Edwards fan? Uh, you know, I want to get into that. I I, I don't like the, the highlight stuff where all we see is dunks and the dunk where he dunked over old dude who was, was a clear charge, you know. Like, that's, that doesn't impress me. But you know what? I liked him in my new favorite movie. Um, yeah, you've seen it, right? Well, that's yeah, I, I have not. Seen oh, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Right. I have not seen well, it yet. Now, you guys haven't seen Hustle, so that means you're yeah. not a basketball fan. Um, but it's funny. You should watch it because it, it really kind of talks about a lot of the NBA, and it's not about basketball. It's about agents and all this stuff. And Anthony Town, I'm not Anthony Towns, but Ant goes in there and he plays the bad guy. I thought he did a really good job, um, and you kind of see some of the the real athleticism he has, and uh, it's funny. There's a lot of stuff they talk about. Um, potential draft stars and that the guys don't he doesn't make anybody better he doesn't he doesn't pass he doesn't play defense he doesn't box out and i was like man talking about luca 
Yeah, so it was it was really interesting to see uh, how hustle really kind of art imitates life. So if you get a chance, definitely watch. It's a great movie. It's a great basketball movie. But uh, even if not into basketball, I think it's a good it's a good feel good movie as well. Adam Sandler, underrated actor. Adam Sandler's Joe hilarious. So last one, guys. And the name I think we all should be looking out for, since I know a like me like to like to watch international basketball, is Victor. You I can't pronounce his last name. It's Wimbam Yanni, Yanni, something like that. Seven foot three, oh, two hundred. You gotta get his name right in the podcast. That disrespect. Hey, I, hey, 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 man! Look, you know he. He's so far. I seen he's like a, a good player, young player, seven foot three. 218 he's been compared to um they say he's more he's like a combination of Giannis and LeBron James I will see I haven't seen a lot I want to see him play a little bit uh we'll see I'm not I don't get I don't get excited over draft, draft prospects like I used to and the last one I got excited about was Luca before that uh it was probably uh believe it or not uh Nick Stauskas, who ended up being a big bust wow. um, for Sacramento. I don't know. I, yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, Ricky Rubio, I was excited I, about. I, I have one there. question for Abe because as, as as many differences as we have had over the years, um, I want to get your thoughts on this because you and I sometimes get crucified on Twitter for things that we say by Mavs Twitter, and. My question is, is that because I'm black? <laughs> and it's that if you wow. criticize uh, anything Mavericks-wise, if you criticize anything Mavericks-wise, you hate the team. Well, the, it's become so toxic, and I feel like the Cowboys side of of mentality has leaked into the Mavericks. No one's really a Maverick fan anymore. They're Luka fans. And, and the few Maverick fans, uh, I think they're on the payroll with Cuban. Uh, I don't know, but it's weird how everyone loved JB. He's amazing. He's a future all-star. He's It's shocking. I hate him. He's undersized. Everything. And then if you say anything like, hey, Luca didn't box out. It's like, come on, bro. Luca, the best player in the league. Like, he didn't box out and he let the game win. They lost. Again. See, I, 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 I feel what I can't box out like my five-year-old. I'll you know? go back to an old example. You and I used to banter a lot about Rick Carlisle, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. We had our differences on the guy. That's fair. I was, right. I, was, right. I was saying, like I was saying, continue by example, even though I would, you know, give Rick Carlisle's credit, you criticize him. We both still like the Mavs. We just had a different opinion, a different viewpoint right, on it, right. and that's fine. The whole I when you would criticize Rick for whatever, so for anybody watching, you can criticize your own team and still like them. You can see, criticize them a lot. See, and that's, still like them. See, that's the problem right there. Is that you know that's right. Abe know you can do that. I know you can do that. But everybody else don't understand that. Ask, don't understand that you can do that. It's it's nothing wrong with calling out your best player. Hey, he's playing like garbage. He's not boxing Listen, out. I'm gonna, I'm if gonna, he'd box out, would he won the game? It's I'm nothing wrong with that. Right now, 
And Luke could take a picture with this Luca jersey on, and it'll be my profile picture for a month on <laughs> To show the world how much Abe loves Luca. I have a signed jersey from the I know you do. I waited four hours in line when he was a rookie at the Nebraska Furniture Mart. Like, yeah, I, I think he's a great talent. I just think it's uh, it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch. It's uh, I'm telling you, watch Hustle. You know, you'll know the reference I'm talking about. I'm like, you're talking about Luca. You'll know the reference. <laughs> All right. With that said, guys. Oh, and by the way, I am taking a road trip to OKC to go to OKC basketball game. So if you guys are more welcome to join me if y'all want to. Um, it's a piston game, but I'm trying to do a double. So I like to, I keep you guys posted on that. But I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. You guys killed it. Two basketball minds, two Mavs fans, my brothers. Oh, big shout out to Jay. He couldn't make it. I told him we'll probably do this again. Well, hey. more than we will do this again. So he's like, he'll jump on next time. And thank you guys for coming on, man. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. You know, it was good to be back. Um, remember, I'm right. Abe's wrong. That's the end of the story. My arguments cannot, will not. Well, Taman. Three years. Well, I love you guys both. Well, Taman, here's the thing, though. Like, you said you're right and Abe's wrong. A lot of times, Abe thinks the same thing, but he thinks he's right, you're wrong. So, I mean, there's no. Yeah, I can't hear you, Deshaun. Uh, it's, look, look, look. I'm not... <laughs> I'm gonna let T have it. I'm gonna let him have it. <laughs> he's married now, so he's never right at home. So I'm gonna let him have this one. He can, he can, he can. Yeah, yeah, you are. I, right. I, yeah. I have my anniversary dinner tonight. So there's the one there. Three years, three years. Yeah. See, you guys already know. So when you marry, you know, you just us guys, we never write. And what I found out recently. Different podcast, different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the marriage podcast brought to you by Abe Hernandez. <laughs> wait, wait, no, not Abe Hernandez. The Abe the, Hernandez. The <laughs> Abe Hernandez. All right, guys, that's the Double Drill Podcast. Thank you, Tame Turn. Thank you, the Abe Hernandez, for coming on. I will talk to you brothers later. Hey, Abe, I'm still waiting on invite come to the crib. We're on it, we're on it. All right. <laughs> we ain't never gonna see it but thank you guys for coming on happy holidays we out peace Thank you for listening to the Double D Podcast, a.k.a. the Double Dribble Podcast, brought to you by the DS Walk Show and The Voice Radio. You can listen to me on Anchor or on Spotify, and you can follow me on Twitter.